All right, welcome into the week 13 IDP guys waiver wire show. Hope everyone's doing okay. As always, I am Michael Sicoli. I'm joined here by Axon Harding. Here to give you guys the best week 13 pickups for both IDP as well as offense. Because we're here to win a championship. We're getting close to that time of year. We're entering December. If you're watching this on YouTube, which I highly encourage you to do, definitely subscribe over there too at IDP Guys. Wearing a Christmas sweater. Decided to feel a little bit festive. I love Thanksgiving, but it's in the rearview mirror. And uh, we got Christmas coming up. So, you know, we're, we're trying to give out gifts with the season. How, how are you doing, Axel? We're, we're getting to Not the too bad. My wife and I around here have been celebrating Christmas since uh, November 1st. So... Day after, oh, uh, <laughs> she hops on it right after Halloween. There's no, no in between. So it's people like you is why I want to put this on now is because now is when it starts. I just wanted to point that out to everyone. It's an eternal mm-hmm. argument. And if you're you know watching this live, feel free to mention in the chat what side you're on because I know it's a very polarizing thing. But uh, all right, let's uh, let, let's just jump right into it. Honestly, so last week. Uh, as always, we're going to start off with the defensive side of the ball before moving to offense. And you guys can obviously jump around as you would like, as well as note on YouTube. If you're watching this afterwards on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you are, if you go to YouTube, this is split up by positions. So you can skip around on, on podcast version if you'd like. But it's also sliced up and delivered for you on YouTube, thanks to our amazing Grant Gillian. So let's just jump into the defensive lineman for this week. And I'm excited about this one. I'll, I'll start off with with. You want to go after go over last week's? Oh, you know what? Thank you, because I went on a really good month long streak of not <laughs> remembering it, and now I finally forgot again. So last week, Dorrance Armstrong got a sack early in the game, was feeling good about it, and then that was his only tackle. So kind of puzzling for someone who's been fairly consistent, and he did get a sack for the day. So he didn't sink you, but definitely a disappointing day compared to what it could have been. Uh, Baron Browning, I was actually very excited about and very disappointed when he also only had one tackle. And Carl Granderson didn't exactly get off the, the right foot I, I because Marcus Davenport ended up playing. So I wasn't anticipating Davenport playing. I thought he missed at least another week. So Granderson kind of stayed in his reserve role. So that was last week. We're going to try to do a lot better this week after kind of – I think we had a we had a, we had a few good defensive linemen weeks leading up to this past one. So we're going to get back on track. I'm going to start off with Carl Lawson. Now, I'll, I'll admittedly say that this is a more of a lower floor play because the way the Jets use their defensive linemen, as it was evident in the draft, as evident in the offseason, they rotate them. He gets around 50 to 60% of snaps. He might be the starter, but he does rotate in very heavily uh, with guys like Jermaine Johnson as well as John Franklin Myers and uh, Michael Clemens and uh, Bryce Hoff. There, there's, just, there's just a lot of guys there. But he faces Minnesota. It's a top 10 matchup for defensive ends. The just secondary right now is playing out of its mind and it's allowing time for this pass rush to get home. Um, and I mean, he's tied for seventh in QB knockdowns, despite the rotational role I just talked about. So I know the talent's there. I know he's a great player. He's rebounded incredibly well from his devastating injury last year. That was really disappointing because I thought he was going to take off last year. Um, and we saw two weeks ago was the way to beat Minnesota is to get pressure on Kirk Cousins. He was pressured over 60% of time on, on his dropbacks two weeks ago. So I think the Jets could do that this week. I think the Jets could get home to Kirk Cousins. And if someone's going to, it's going to be Carl Lawson. So I think it could be a solid three tackle, tackle for a loss and sack day for Carl Lawson, which will be a pretty good play off the uh, off the waiver wire. Yeah, and uh, uh, tied for seventh in QB knockdowns just suggests that he's getting – I mean, he's got all the opportunity. You'd just like to see him maybe finish a few more plays. So even with a partial snap count, that's very encouraging, especially at this point in the season, uh, considering kind of the lack of depth there is in, in uh, waivers for your defensive linemen. Uh, so definitely like that pick there. Uh, I'm going to hop down to uh, the one that I put on there. <clears throat> And we're going to talk about Yannick. I hope I don't butcher this. Nakuye, defensive end for the Indianapolis I Colts. I think it's Yannick Nagakwe. Nagakwe. <laughs> I'm trying I, I, to put I, I, that. I could be wrong as well. But, uh, hey, however, it is, he has been on a tear this year. He has pretty well solidified a low tackle floor, but. 
at least to this point in the season, 12 weeks in, he's been involved in at least a sack uh, eight out of the 12 weeks so far. He's, I think he was sitting at like 20th in sacks on the season overall. Uh, he's just outside the top 10. Oh, no, actually, I just I had it written down here. He's got 11 sacks this or uh, disregard. I can't even read my own notes here. Eight and a half sacks on the air. I think that's at right around 20. He's uh, just staying and staying heavily involved man uh again with the low tackle floor you're not really looking to him to provide you a good floor you're more looking for a big splash play guy this last week he just got a couple of uh sacks in against pittsburgh last night didn't he and uh so he's he's definitely on a tear and surprisingly available honestly i've seen him all over twitter and stuff and I checked all of my leagues and he's he's been sitting out there in all of them. So for those of you who have uh, those leagues that reward those big plays, he's definitely somebody to uh, to take into considerations because he's up there competing. That's for sure. Yeah, and the Steelers really made it easy on him last night. And uh, shout out to oh, I hope I'm saying the right person because there's a bit of a IDP betting forum that I uh, talked to a bit with uh, Leo and Master IDP on Twitter. I believe it was uh, our own uh, at IDP tipster, Gary Van Dyke, who pointed out Yannick Ngakwe's sack line. I could be wrong. If there was someone else, I greatly apologize. Um, but about his sack line, about him lining up against uh, Dan Moore on the right side or, or left side, and he took advantage. So I, I really do think that could continue. He's a good player. He's been really stepping up since Pay went down. It was very needed for this Indianapolis unit to get a pass rush. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, he has the upside, and he's always well, establishing a floor. So, or he's not as much established floor, but we know what he can do, and it's a nice thing based on matchups. So, we kind of tossed out two names there that have a higher ceiling and guys that we think are going to get those t- sacks. I want to throw out a defensive tackle now. Somebody, and I forgot to switch the banner again. That was Yannick Ngakwe. You see the spelling on YouTube right there. Uh, but this defensive tackle, I'm talking about Zach Sealer of the Miami Dolphins. This is a defensive tackle, kind of. He also has defensive end eligibility in some leagues, but I am more so interested when he has defensive tackle. He has four or more tackles in all but one of his games since week seven. That's a good little five-week run right there. And he also has a tackle for a loss in all but one of his games since week eight. So right there, that's a lovely floor to have of a solid eight to ten points in most formats without even talking about any possibility of of, of sacks or higher tackles than just four. You know, he's had a game with seven in that span. So he faces San Francisco. And San Francisco likes to run the ball, if we don't know that already. And I like to play defensive tackles against run-heavy teams, against teams that know that they're going to attack the middle attack the middle of the field, attack the line of scrimmage. So Zach Sealer seems like he's going to be a safe bet to hit his floor yet again. And if he's going to be – I think if he's a safe bet at his floor, there's a chance we see some more of a ceiling this week from him. I don't think we're going to get a sack. That's not really what he does. But tackles and tackles for a loss, I think they could be a plenty this week, especially if McCaffrey is dealing with some knee tightness or knee soreness. Uh, Elijah Mitchell's now out. We're going to talk about the San Francisco 49ers in a bit with a running back segment. Uh, but no, no matter who it is, it shapes up well for Sealer to have a nice little day. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you pretty well hit the nail on the head. And a run he- against a run-heavy offense, uh, he's going to see those running backs quite often uh, right, running right up the middle. So uh, you can only hope he just kind of uh, takes advantage and uh, takes advantage. Well, takes advantage of all the opportunity and uh, snags a number of tackles. <clears throat> yes, sir. Let's move uh, on to the. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Oh, do you? No, do take it? them on. I was literally getting ready to say, take, uh, give everyone what we got from last week for the linebackers. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, before I do that, I want to quickly give a shout out IDP guys. Make sure you're following them on Twitter, YouTube. It's both at IDP guys. We just look it up. A lot of great content coming out every single day. And it's basically the best way to stay informed on where our stuff is coming and what is coming out. So just a little shout out there. Let's move on to linebackers. So last week we talked about Caden Ellis for the second time because he's still on way too many waiver wires. And yet again, he boomed to the tune of 14 tackles, 12 solo, which is lovely. Um, and we also brought up Juwan Benley, who, you know, he had seven tackles, only three were solo, but seven tackles and a solid snap share, which is really what I was looking for, is having three straight weeks of solid snaps. He played over 55 uh, this past week. He's establishing a, a, a floor right now, which maybe that's not what we love. Maybe we want to see him get a higher ceiling right now. But 
with the Patriots, with the team that's as volatile as it is, Juwan Bentley's getting it done. So I'm glad we we I'm glad with the names we threw out last week. Let's hope we can keep it going this week. So I'll start off with somebody that ruined my Thanksgiving. Almost ruined my Thanksgiving. That's AJ Klein of the Buffalo Bills. So everybody that that that's followed me on Twitter, anybody that's followed this, you know, any any one of the IDP guys, I know Leo, like I mentioned, Master IDP, and we mentioned it on past shows. Tyrell Dodson has been the handcuff for Tremaine Edmonds while Tremaine Edmonds has been out. That changed this past week as AJ Klein, who has, you know, was on the Ravens, got traded for Roquan Smith, was immediately cut and now is back with the Bills, immediately stepped in, took all of Dodson's snaps, took the green dot and said goodbye. We'll let Dodson get the, the start, get the first tackle of the game to give Mike Sicoli some hope and then disappear and take everything. So AJ Klein is the new fill-in for Tremaine Edmonds, I, I would imagine. I, I, I feel feel pretty good about that. He had nine tackles and tackles for a loss. He plays New England this next week. If Tremaine Edmonds is out, AJ Klein will be a smash play. And it's a sad statement to say, but I think it's a true one. Yeah, it was definitely surprising. I know Twitter was reeling during that game. Oh, yeah. Just like, what is what in what's actually going on? Because Dotson came in and he was performing, doing well. I don't know exactly what caused the switch up, uh, but that's just kind of how it is. And he came in and produced kind of similar numbers to what Dotson did. So uh, consider a pivot away from Dotson, but uh, definitely uh, going to be the most desirable, one of the most desirable uh, linebackers there in Buffalo. Uh, let's see. I'll go ahead and jump down to uh, the linebacker I put up here. He's been a very quiet performer all year, mainly because he's been on a partial snap count, but I'm going to talk about Elandon Roberts, the linebacker for uh, the Miami Dolphins. Uh He's really seeing kind of a 30 to 40 snap a game kind of roll with this defense. Uh, but in that, he's been incredibly efficient. Uh, just for instance, uh, out of the 12 games this year, he has six games where he uh, performed, had a performance of seven or more combined tackles on less than 40 snaps. <clears throat> which honestly that's the kind of floor you're looking to get out of somebody who takes a full snap share. So considering, I mean, you can only hope that maybe you pick him up and he sees a few more snaps throughout the rest of the season, uh, which could inevitably result in honestly at this rate, a near double digit tackle floor uh, if it works out well, but considering his partial uh, partial role, we'll just kind of go ahead and uh, call him a good, uh, bi week fill, maybe a stash or something. Uh, somebody, somebody that. Uh, is... Oh, we might have, might have lost accident again. Not sure. Uh, had a I don't know book. what is going on, man. Can you hear me? Yes, we can now. Okay. Well, yeah. Uh, Landon Roberts, man. Last couple of games, fifty-seven snaps total, and he's recorded fifteen tackles and a sack in that time. So. Uh, definitely a sneaky pickup if everybody's already uh, claimed all of their decent waiver linebackers. Uh, somebody who could give you a decent floor. Yes, sir. I want to give a shout out to Will Power in the chat. I see your questions. We're going to get to them at the end of this defensive segment. Um, and yes, you are right. AJ Klein did wear the green dot just again, despite the rest of us who trusted Dodson. Um, but yeah, and that's a good reminder as well that. If you have questions about the chat, questions for your pickups, for your way, for your IDP leagues, offense as well, be sure to check it out and throw it in the chat. We'll be sure to pull it up and try to help you guys out because, in my experience, the best way to help you guys is to answer the questions you quite literally have. So, uh, I'm going to throw out one more linebacker here, and I won't lie. This is somebody that I'm really excited about. It's somebody that... We talked about Jack Sanborn before he broke out. We talked about Kane Ellis before he broke out. I think Damone Clark of the Dallas Cowboys could be the next. Who was that? And then, oh my goodness, this is this is a name we should know. So, who he is is a fifth round pick out of LSU this past year. He is a rookie. He didn't play most of the year because of an injury, which that injury also slid him down in the draft. He was a much better prospect than a fifth round guy would be. It's just he was hurt and didn't play for the first hour, first half of the year. But he got healthy. 
This past two weeks, he immediately jumped into a prominent role. He's played 70% of the snaps in each of the last two weeks. He had seven tackles this past few uh, past week against the Giants, as well as forcing a fumble. He's made an impact already. And now he gets Indianapolis this next week. So while he's still playing behind Leighton Vanderash in terms of snaps, Vanderash is still around that 80% mark. Um, and, you know, like I said, uh, Clark is around the 75. It's, it's as even a split as you want. And I think Clark is the guy that they really want to get going. That's what the usage indicates. And that's what his play is indicated. So I'm excited for what he can do. I really am. And honestly, like, Klein might be a better one-week play if Edmonds, if Edmonds is back. Landon Roberts, you know what you have. I think DeMond Clark could be a really, really good player down the stretch, and I'm really excited to see what he does the rest of the year, especially with Indianapolis being what they are this next week in terms of the run as well as the turnovers they can be, uh, they can allow. Yeah, uh, with this Dallas off or Dallas defense, you really like to see uh, players like that coming in and producing. Might have had a freezing again there. You just really want to have – what I was alluding to is you on, on good defenses like this with the Dow, – Dallas has just been incredible this season. You like to see – you really want as many pieces of this defense as you can, you know, given production and situation. So to see Damone Clark get that – reach that 70% plus snap share – and actually do something with it is very encouraging. And and as you alluded to, it could may not necessarily be an immediate uh impact on your lineup, but definitely somebody you could you want you you is worth uh rostering and to see how it plays out. You know, he keeps increasing his snap count and gets more opportunity. He's down the stretch that could save you come playoff time. Yes, sir. And that, that's really what it matters. I think it, I, it's, I think it's somewhat roster dependent of if you want that swing. Um, but I, I, when do, where do I not want the swing asked? And that's, that's really what I want now. Um, but let's, uh, let's move on to the safety slash cornerback position, the defensive backs, as it would be more commonly said. Um, last week we talked with CJ Henderson on that Carolina Panthers getting the snaps, which he did, but he only had four solo tackles. So kind of, a Decent floor day, which we mentioned, but didn't get the pass defense or anything else to boost it. Uh, and we mentioned Rayshon Jenkins, who has dropped in way too many leaks. He has seven tackles, five of which were solo, and he forced a fumble. So he had a nice he had a nice game. Uh, that's Rayshon Jenkins of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, this week, this week we have unfortunate name. Uh, this name, like, listen, good for him. He's now found himself in this role. And that's DeAndre Houston Carson. Now, you're 100% excused for not knowing who that is. Because last week, you probably didn't need to. This is the Bears' safety, and he was thrusted into a starting role when Eddie Jackson left the game with an injury, which we've since learned will probably sideline him for the next few weeks, likely this season, which, you know, for a veteran on a losing Bears team, for someone who's done amazing things to bounce back to form in terms of Eddie Jackson this year, heartbreaking because he has been unbelievably good. But we got to move on. The next man up is DeAndre Houston Carson, and he immediately performed uh, six tackles, which was, you know, six tackles filling in halfway through the game. Pretty nice. Um, And all of, actually, sorry, nine tackles, six were solo, and a tackle for a loss. So he gets Green Bay coming up. That's a top 10 matchup. Juwan Brisker is also dealing with some injury right now. He missed this past week. They need somebody to step up. Right now, that's probably going to be DeAndre Houston Carson. And nine tackles filling in halfway through the game. He's probably going to be someone that that won't be as hot a name on the waiver because people just don't know. But if you're watching this show, if you're listening to this show, you do know. So I do think he's going to be having a very good week this coming up. Yeah. Uh, I was kind of taking a look at him as well. And again, it's just kind of one of those sneaky picks that a lot of people probably don't know about. And Jaquan Brisker, uh, with his injury, he was, you know, he had a prominent role himself. And it's good to see a uh, replacement uh, for once coming in and producing some sort of similar numbers. So a uh, good matchup going next week. There ought to be a lot of offense. Uh, hopefully it will be a little bit tastier if Aaron Rodgers decides to play this week. Uh, we'll kind of keep an eye on that. It seems like that's pretty promising. So, uh, love that pick for sure. Uh, next one we got on this list is Michael Davis. Uh, 
Los Angeles Chargers cornerback. Uh, he's had a pretty strong year overall, uh, but over this last week, he's coming off his best game against the Cardinals, where he had six tackles, five. Froze again. Your screen's been frozen. Uh, one... oh, there we go. <laughs> so I've, every Goodness time I, I, I make sure that you're still with us, you're, uh, you you come I... back. Keep going. Keep going. You're, you're, you're on a <laughs> Oh, it's all good. Uh, in addition to his five solo tackles, he had a tackle for a loss, uh, two passes deflected, and even a sack. Uh, again, he he's another one that's got a good matchup this week against the Raiders. And uh, as far as the rest of the season goes, he's got a pretty good schedule coming up. Uh, so we should see a pretty nice tackle floor and pretty uh, reliable numbers uh, moving forward. So <clears throat> definitely somebody get on uh, get on your roster and, and get ahead of the game. Yep, completely agree. And I, I really think he's been, you know, performing fairly well in terms of IDP purposes uh, for the last month, especially, you know, with Jason, since JC Jackson has gone down too. It's kind of thrust him into a must play role. So uh, we got a couple honorable mentions as well for defensive backs because we typically keep it limited, but there's a few that we like. Um, Reed Blankenship is one of them, uh, for me at least. That's Chauncey Garner Johnson's replacement. I don't know how serious the injury is for. Uh, Gardner Johnson, but if he misses time, Reed Blankenship was the guy. He stepped in immediately, got an interception, got six tackles. So he could be a sneaky play if uh, Gardner Johnson does miss this week or beyond that. Uh, Jerry Jacobs of the Detroit Lions has been super solid the last few weeks. He's racked up a solid tackle floor, um, as well as grabbing a pass defense more weeks than not. And Cam Taylor Britt, I know you threw down there, Axton, if you want to say a quick bit on him. Yeah, I was just saying that uh, since uh, Chidobi Awuzie... Uh, went down before the Bengals bye. I think a lot of us th thought Dax Hill was going to be the one to take in that role, but it's been Cam Taylor Britt getting a large share of the snaps. I think he was seeing something like. Hoping he's coming back. Are we back? Oh. Well, <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, dude. Yeah, Cam Taylor Britt's getting that role. I I, I think that's that's kind of the gist of it. Yep. He's not get, it's not going to Dax Hill. It's not going to anyone else. But uh, oh, and there's a uh, Will Power coming in, super clutch, lacerated kidney for Gardner Johnson, which terrible. That's a very painful injury. Hope he's going to be okay. But that yeah, that will most likely be multiple weeks. And given the way the Eagles shape up, they're probably looking at the playoffs for him. So that would shape up Reed Blankenship to be. A very solid play the rest of the week with the same type of tackle floor we saw with Garner Johnson, albeit not with the interceptions. Like, listen, that he got his interception this week, but Garner Johnson was getting one a week. That's just because he's that great of a player. I'm not sure Brank Blankenship is exactly that. He's a very unknown guy at this point. So, uh, but still, still someone I'm very interested in because the snaps will be there and it was a prominent role. Uh, but let's get into defensive questions. We'll throw in a few of them in the in the chat and all of them, honestly, really good ones. Uh, so, Nagakwe or Daniil Hunter this week? He's thinking about picking up Montez Sweat, who is a great player, and running him out since Deron Payne is out. And Chase Young's probably, I would agree, Chase Young is most likely going to be on a snap count in his first week back, given how safe they've been with him. So, Nagakwe or Daniil Hunter? Uh, Daniil Hunter has, remind me, uh, they have the, I, I just brought up the uh, Jets, I believe. Um, I, I'll Absolutely. go Daniil Hunter still. I will go Daniel Hunter still. I like Nagakwe. I like him this week for all the reasons we mentioned. Um, but I, I, I like the matchup with the Jets quite a lot. And I don't think the Jets are going to be able to run the ball much, which means a lot of drop strikes for Mike White, which as great as he played this past week and as excited I am for Mike White, honestly, I, I do think someone will get home to him. And chances are that will be Daniel Hunter. Yeah, I think I'm in agreement. You're kind of looking at guy, a couple of guys that have uh, – similar upside but it just kind of seems like maybe danielle hunter might be a safer pick this week with given the matchup so i think that's gonna be my selection as well awesome i, I don't mind playing monster sweat as well against the giants i just probably per still prefer danielle hunter um but yeah in terms of deron Payne's more of the inside guy that shouldn't impact monster sweat that much of deron Payne is their defensive tackle i don't you know, it doesn't rotate out wide too much as in terms of the edges but uh uh, he also mentioned he played Dean Ellis over Bobby Wagner this past week. Good for you. We ride the ride those 14 tackle games all the way. Um, and he also asked, so Houston Carson, as we mentioned, over DeMar Hamlin. So last week I talked about giving DeMar Hamlin 
a break of he still had 100% snaps and then he came out this past week disappointed also picked up an injury um was definitely fighting through it uh he's probably playing Deshaun Elliott and uh Pufanga as well this week I would I would definitely play Houston Carson over Hamlin I'd definitely pick him up over him to be honest I I I call me crazy Axon all right call me crazy and I want to check my numbers on this I might play Houston Carson over Hufanga. You might play Houston Carson over Hufanga. Hey. Yeah, that's, that's the question. I might, I might do that. Hey, to each their own, man. He, uh, Houston Carson <laughs> stepping into a big role and performing with it. And Demar Hamlin, we said last week uh, that he was going to be in. The, he was. Once again, man. Yeah, I, I think you're back now. <laughs> I think I, I think I might here in a second after I get done here, uh, hop off real quick and connect to the hotspot okay. see if that works right quick. Uh, and where were we here? With the, oh yeah, last week we were talking about Hamlin being uh, kind of in timeout, or at least I did. I said I'd you know give him one more week, but put him on the hot seat. You know if he's not performing and he came out disappointed this week, catch your ties. Uh, Houston Carson is going to be getting that, getting that role and a lot of snaps, and he's going to be producing with it. So, uh, I def- I'm definitely going Houston Carson. Yeah, and I, I think I think it's just a matter of what you want. I think Houston Carson has a higher ceiling than Hufanga this coming week. Hufanga definitely has a higher floor because we still, you know, it could shape out that he could be someone else than Houston Carson. That world does exist in Chicago, so uh, definitely comes out to a. You know what whatever you're going for in terms of your your lineup if you're an underdog if you're you know heavily favored uh yeah there's a start to sit show for that and he also you mentioned again if he picks up houston carson he'd have him and sanborn it's not a huge fan of that but honestly i doesn't have a problem for me i mean sanborn is a locked in guy that you're getting every single week you know what you're getting um and chicago like you like you noted right there chicago's defense is on the field quite a lot Especially if Justin Fields is going to miss another week, they're going to be get plenty of run, and honestly, they're going to challenge the secondary. Uh, that's where Houston Carson is going to be, and I, I I don't have as much hesitation playing two guys in the same unit on defense as I do on offense with with different uh, with that. These people can combine for tackles, even you know. So I guess it also comes down to your scoring format. If you do have a bonus for guys in the secondary that are getting pass deflected, interceptions as well. Uh, let's move on. I, I think that's all the questions we have for defense right now, as well as if you have any offense or defense questions, keep dropping them in the chat. We'll get to them at the end of the show. We're going to go into the offensive segment now. Um, and let's go right into that with the quarterbacks. I believe Axon's going to take a, yep. Axon's going to take a step away to fix his connection. We're going to go on to the quarterbacks. Let's start off with who we did last week. Uh, we talked about Taylor Heineke, who had kind of a low yardage day for having two touchdowns and interception. Uh, middling QB2, not exactly a QB1 we were hoping for against Atlanta, but still someone we, uh, still someone who didn't totally think of, uh, which was Taylor Heineke. Last week, uh, we also brought up Trevor Lawrence. Boom, borderline QB1, the QB1 with 321 and 3 through the air. Uh, so great week with Trevor Lawrence. Happy that paid out. And come back over the Ravens in that game. Trevor Lawrence is him and will always be. Um, and it was a silly question to ever doubt it. So, regardless of that, let's just get into the quarterbacks for this week. Do you want to kick us off with the newfound connection, potentially? Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's go with Mike White. Mike White came out. Let's go. Uh, started over uh, Zach Wilson this last week. And I've in my opinion, took it over, took over that offense. So uh, with 315 passing yards and three touchdowns, he really came out and surprised everybody and even formed a connection with someone we'll mention here in a little bit that Michael's been uh, screaming for since uh, before the season, since offseason, all offseason. So uh, up next, he's uh, this next week he's got a matchup against Minnesota, who has so far allowed top 10 uh, fantasy points to the quarterback position, so it's looking to be a very exploitable defense and a uh, an encouraging matchup he's got come, going this year. So uh, the game game script should be good. Uh, it's in the dome, so there's not a whole lot of uh, not much weather affecting uh, play. So we should get a uh, a pretty good 
pretty good game out of him this next week. So um, I'm liking Mike White as a, as a solid pickup for possibly the rest of the season. I, I, I think it's going to be very natural defensive. I think Minnesota is one of those that you can take advantage of. Um, and I'm very excited to see a Justin Jefferson versus Sauce Gardner matchup. So that will be incredibly fun for that game. Obviously, flex it a game of the week. Why not? Uh, I'll throw another name here. That would be Jared Goff. So I feel like we've talked about Jared Goff on and off on this show for quite some time. Um, but I think now that we have a near season long data, it, it provides some interesting context to kind of that midseason slump. So we know how you start off the first four weeks incredibly hot. You know, we were playing him every single week and you were getting top five performances. But then the bye week happened. And after the bye week in week six, he had every single game, except for a game against Miami, where he played well for fantasy, was a bottom 15 matchup, uh, bottom half against the quarterback position. Those were all tougher matchups. So he struggled, which this is Jared Goff. We kind of expected him to be a matchup-based guy. So him struggling in negative matchups shouldn't have surprised us. In fact, honestly, it should also give him an excuse for it. So now he gets Jacksonville, which is a top 12 matchup for the quarterback position. We know what Jacksonville can be. And Lamar Jackson should have had three passing touchdowns last week if they weren't all dropped. So, I mean, Jared Goff's going to have a good week. We might even have Jameson Williams in this offense. So I'm I'm excited for what Jared Goff could do this week. I think he's a very strong streamer. And better yet, you get Minnesota the next week, which is a top 10, uh, top 5 borderline uh, matchup for quarterbacks. So you might get two weeks out of Jared Goff if you're looking for a stream, if you lost somebody, if you had Justin Fields or something, you know, God forbid, but, uh, and hopefully he's back. But, I mean, Jared Goff's going to have a good week. I, I, that's that's what it comes down to. If Jameson Williams could even add a whole new element to his offense, I'm excited. I'm excited for it. Yeah, I, I've honestly, uh, I think it was a couple weeks ago, uh, I have, a, in one of my uh, mixed leagues, I had a plethora of uh, line high tackling linebackers and ended up selling Zaire Franklin for Jared Goff straight up because I needed a quarterback in a super flex league uh, and paid right off with Philadelphia. It was honestly surprising this last week. So uh, he's just been one that could go off on any given week. He's got all the weapons, and it seems like now at this point in the year, after that slump that you mentioned, uh, it seems like they've kind of really picked up the tempo through the run game. I think Jamal Williams really has been that one piece of this offense that's remained rather consistent uh, through this entire time. And it's kind of allowed uh, the rest of the offense to kind of get, get their feet back under themselves. So uh, it's good to see this, uh, the passing attack uh, being effective, especially against strong defenses. And uh, it just kind of raises your hope for the ones where uh, the games where he's playing a favorable, a favorable and exploitable defense. So, uh, definitely someone uh, moving forward, uh, honestly, at 46% owned. I think he could be somebody you could pop in there over a top, a low, the bottom half of a top 15 quarterback, given if they got tough matchups, he could be somebody you could pop in there for the week uh, and could help you out maybe even during the playoffs. Yeah, and he played ball this past week. Uh, just to follow up on the former conversation I'm having with Will, in the chat, uh, he also mentioned that obviously we're going to have buys next week again. We didn't have any buys in week 12. Uh, Nagakwe, as well as Washington, in terms of uh, we talked about Deron Payne and Monta Sweat, to his question, uh, they won't be available next week. So I think that kind of just confirms of I want Daniel Hunter in my lineups. Um, and I don't mind picking on Monta Sweat, but like you said, if I'm not, I'm fine playing him this week. I just wouldn't play him ahead of Daniel Hunter. And uh, we're going to have, obviously, our IDP guys rankings coming out later today that will uh, break down with, you know, who you should play and things like that. Um, but, I mean, if you're not playing Monta Split, I don't see a reason to pick him up and then hold him through a bye. So that's really what it comes down to. But let's move on, sticking to the offensive theme. Uh, with wide receivers, last week, last week we mentioned oh, – I jumped. I jumped a position. Let's go to running backs. Uh, excuse me. Uh Last week, we talked about Latavius Murray, who, again, was on too many wires because I've been talking about him for a month. 13 carries for 92 yards. First game without Melvin Gordon. Looked good with it. I, I I, mean, listen, Russell Wilson has help, and I I, I have a consistent argument with my friends, or my friends, my friend, um, on whether he has the weapons. Latavius Murray is a weapon. He is playing well, and that matters. So, 
Uh, Samaja P. Ryan wasn't very efficient, as we might have expected, but 17 yards for 58 and a score. But he also added four catches for 35 yards through the air on a solid seven targets. Cincinnati's really involved their running backs in the passing game this year more than they have since Zach Taylor got there, which is really interesting. Uh, but P. Ryan paid off with Mixon sideline with that concussion. I'd, I'd expect Mixon to be back this week. Um, but names this week. I, I want to do something a little bit more interesting with uh with the running backs this week so we have a bunch there's a bunch of names that are now all in the headlines it's zonovan knight uh i'll put these on on a banner real quick as soon as i type it up um that's zonovan knight that's melvin gordon that's uh excuse me um benny snell yeah i'm just gonna throw Pitt and jordan mason all these names i think are worth a roster pickup and they're on the screen now. Zonvin Knight is a, I believe he's an undrafted free agent for the Jets. He was elevated over James Robinson this past week, uh, who is a healthy scratch. Michael Carter will end down with an ankle injury. So Zonvin Knight took over and looked pretty darn good while doing it. It was great blocking by the Jets as well. I will point that out. I watched the game. Amazing run blocking. Honestly, very impressive for me. Melvin Gordon, signed by the Chiefs. Expected to be elevated in the coming days. And we know the Chiefs still don't really have a rusher. They have Isaiah Pacheco, who's looked okay. I think people like him more than I do, personally. Um, and then you have Pittsburgh. Najee Harris dealing with an abdominal injury that sidelined him for the second half of the game. I looked somewhat painful, and they don't really have a reason to risk him. So hopefully he's okay. But they had Benny Snell take over in the second half. We saw some of Anthony McFarlane. Jalen, Jalen Warren, who was the backup, is dealing with a hamstring injury. Missed the last two weeks. And then you have Jordan Mason who is the last man standing in San Francisco, as Elijah Mitchell is now probably done for the year, at least until the playoffs. Christian McCaffrey is dealing with a knee, knee injury, and we know how San Fran uses multiple running backs. So Zonovan Knight, Melvin Gordon, any of the Pittsburgh backs, Jordan Mason. Order order them for me, actually. Oh, my gosh, man. I'm honestly probably going Zonovan Knight at the top of this. Uh Melvin, uh, I don't. Even, I don't. I really don't like Melvin Gordon. I don't. At either. least for this week. I mean, I want. I I saw uh, this weekend that the Chiefs had signed him, and the first thing that I could think about was uh, the movie Benchwarmers. Have you ever seen Benchwarmers? I have. The Chiefs need to tape this man's hands like Clark holds a bat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do not let that ball go because the only time he's getting it is going to be on the goal line. I think Pacheco is too good in the open field uh, for Gordon to take any significant snaps there. I think he's just going to be the guy that comes in on the one-yard line and they just give him the ball and try to punch it in. So do not fumble so that funny ball, for man. a guy with, which is such. It's so funny. That's his role. It was his role in Denver. It's his role now despite having – fumble issues that he's getting goal line carries and that's how he got caught as he fumbled on the goal line mm-hmm. so. yeah so it's scary i, I mean I, i've always kind of liked the talent but man i, I just kind of like it not on my team. he's older yeah <laughs> yeah so I don't, I don't know i'd probably go zonovan knight and then uh the lead back for pittsburgh yeah. I'll give you the rundown again. Jalen Warren is dealing with a hamstring injury. Mike Tomlin said last week that it was not a significant one, but he has yet to practice in suffering it. Uh, Benny Snell, they were doing a three-way committee in the first half, which I've never seen in Pittsburgh before, with Benny Snell, Anthony McFarlane, and Najee Harris. Najee Harris left, and it was pretty much all Benny Snell the rest of the way. Didn't really see McFarlane, which was interesting. Um, So McFarlane, it's probably going to be Benny Snell if Jalen Warren's not healthy. But if you are picking up one right now, which one are you picking up? Uh, probably Benny Snell in that case. Interesting, because I might say Warren. I might say Warren, and maybe that's because I am such an anti-Benny Snell person, and I'm trusting Warren to get back in practice this week because of what Mike Tomlin said. I think that would be oh. primarily my reasoning for picking Benny Snell is just if Jalen Warren is now going to be practicing this week. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, they've shown that they really want to use him even with Najee Harris healthy. So, uh, both healthy, I'm going Jalen Warren. But I think uh, if Jalen Warren's not playing this week, I, you know, you obviously don't have much of a choice. But I'd put Benny Snell over Melvin Gordon on this list, anyways. 
uh, for a running back list. Yeah, I I, I think I'd order it as I, I you know I, I I think you're right. I would go Benny Snell. I would go Zonvin Knight. I would go uh, Jalen Warren, and then I would go. Melvin Gordon slash Jordan Mason. It feels like despite the preseason hype we have for Jordan Mason, they've done everything they can to keep him off the field. Oh, they've signed people, they've traded for people, they've elevated people, and we still haven't really seen Jordan Mason get the ball. So I think they could find a way to do that again this week. Um, and maybe Melvin Gordon, you know, like he says, punches in a couple touchdowns. That could be very interesting. Uh, but I think Zamanite does have some juice. Uh, I, I think he's going to be an interesting play purely on usage. We saw Ty Johnson get some work. He got a touchdown himself. So it's kind of still probably going to be a healthy split there. We, I fully expect James Robinson to be health, uh, to be activated next week if Von Carter's out. Um, but they obviously like him enough to play him over James Robinson. So that that's the order. I would, I would go Snell, Knight, Warren, Melvin, uh, Jordan Mason. Okay. That, that, was, that was plenty of talk about guys that are – that's likely painful. going to combine for twelve, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, let's uh, let's let's move on to the wide receiver position as I tried to jump to last week or last week five minutes ago. Um, last week we talked about Mac Hollins. I know that was a name you were excited about and boomed four catches on five targets for six to three and one. He had a long bomb. It's kind of what he does. He's been good this year. Honestly, he's been very good for the Raiders. And continue to do this best week. Uh, we talked with Demarcus Robinson of the Baltimore Ravens. Mm-hmm. Only one catch, four targets, 17 yards, six percent snaps. Just nothing felt like it was going right for the Ravens yesterday. Um, or, yeah, two days ago, sorry. Um, and we mentioned DPJ, who totaled uh, two catches, 16 yards. Kind of what he's doing. But we brought him up because we wanted to get him for Deshaun Watson's return. Deshaun Watson is now back. I'd hold him for one more week if you didn't, if you didn't pick him up at all. I'd consider him in this list because he's someone that I do want to see the rapport with Donovan Peoples-Jones. And we've talked about that, honestly, on the show all, all year long, um, about seeing what he can give you. Even I, I, I think we know what he is, but Deshaun Watson could be the guy that elevates the ones around him. So let's just jump into the uh, pickups for this week. I'll, I'll let you kick it off with one of these names. I like them both, uh, but I'll let you get the dealer's choice. Yeah, you've been screaming for both of them all year, but I, I think I'm gonna give you the I'm gonna give you the one that I at least appears to be your favorite, uh, judging by what I've seen. So uh, I'll go ahead and throw out Zay Jones. We've kind of uh, had him on this list throughout the year. He's been a guy that he, on this Jacksonville offense behind Christian Kirk is still seeing a considerable amount of targets every game, and although he's not really finding a pay dirt quite as much as we like. Uh, this last week, even without a touchdown, the guy finally showed us uh, what he's capable of. Some, you know, that upside that we've kind of been hoping that he might flash us uh, at some point this season, where he caught 11, <clears throat> 11 receptions on fourteen targets for one hundred and forty-five yards this last week. Uh, obviously, that's going to be a career high for this young uh, wideout. And it's uh, honestly going would be a career high for a majority of other wide receivers that are far more experienced in this league. So uh, three of those 11 completions were for 20 yards or more down the field. He's one of those guys that's going to help them move the chains and move the ball uh, down the field more so than maybe uh, one of Trevor Lawrence's favorite red zone targets. So, uh, but it's still, it's still uh, rewarding in your PPR formats. These guys that are getting a lot of targets and, and racking up the yards, uh, they're, they're the ones you want to have on your team. So uh, he ought to be one of the top guys to go on the waiver wire this week. And next week is uh, even is another favorable matchup for this uh, Jacksonville offense that we've been kind of, talking about for like the last few weeks we've been talking when we talk about Jacksonville players uh they just kind of have a good stretch of games that they play uh, some favorable matchups going into your fantasy football uh playoffs so uh you want to try to get as many of these guys that are hitting uh while you can so when you know when you get into that playoff uh playoff picture Zay Jones could come in handy in the flex position if you need the help especially if you're starting in week 14. Uh, when Fantastic you got by mm-hmm. yeah. It, it, listen, it's I, I I've spent the last six months talking about getting a piece of this Jacksonville offense. Um, I spent the entire summer saying draft, you know, drafted Christian Kirk, drafted Marvin Jones, drafted Zay Jones because I just want one piece of this. 
And Zay Jones is the guy that has emerged as the best of them. I mean, we, Christian Kirk had the hotter start, but Zay Jones has been ascending alongside Trevor Lawrence, who has played incredibly well this last month. And he's a good I, – I mean, listen, it's it's working. And honestly, there's not many people – I picked him up on Sunday morning when I saw somebody was inactive that I wasn't expecting to be. I don't remember who. And I picked him up, just picked him up. He's, he's 74% unrostered in Yahoo leagues. I'm sure it's equally crazy in other leagues. And he's still probably worth dirt in Dynasty. So if a non-contending team has him and you will need a wide receiver to play, he's a flex slash wide receiver too the rest of the way. Honestly, he really is. So Zay Jones is, is honestly the one I'm more fired up than this second name because I think Zay Jones just has established himself more than this other name. But I'm still very excited for Elijah Moore because Elijah Moore is a great player and has always been a great player. However, due to snaps and due to quarterback discrepancies as well as some social media nonsense that he kind of did to himself it hasn't worked this year and he's been one of the biggest busts in fantasy football one of the biggest people to crush my heart next to chase edmonds but he got back on track this week two catches for 64 yards and a score a few impressive plays just on that only played 35 percent of snaps only played 35 percent of snaps played 54 the week before that and this coincides with Corey davis's return so it's scary. It's scary for me to... If I'm picking him up, I'm not playing him. But Minnesota is a fantastic matchup. He's more of a DFS guy maybe for me. But I believe in the talent. I believe in Mike White. I believe that this team has bought in. And I also think we're going to see more three wide receiver sets against Minnesota than the Jets needed to run this past week. They just, ran, they just won. They just won that game early. They didn't need to line up three wide sets. So... I think we could get 60% of snaps. I think we get a season high from Elijah Moore this coming week. He gets 60%. I think he can get it done for you on that on that number. So I'm interested. I am very interested, and I want to be at least stashing him on, on my bench wherever I can because he has been dropped in a vast majority of leagues for un- understandable reasons. Yeah, and we've seen a number of times. I Off the top of my head, I couldn't probably tell you, but I – you give me a little bit, I could give you a whole list of uh, of offensive, like favorite targets, favorite wideouts of quarterbacks that just suddenly flip when you get a new quarter, when you get that quarterback change, you know, whereas Garrett Wilson seems to be, seems to have been the favorite, uh, at least up until this point, Mike White's a whole different quarterback and it seems like he likes Elijah Moore, at least uh, around the end zone. So yeah, it's not a lot of volume quite yet, but just the fact that he's actually seeing some uh, fantasy, even flex-worthy numbers right now is maybe encouraging. And like you said, we just kind of stash him right now. Just hope that a snap share goes up and maybe uh, this Mike White to Elijah Moore connection just really turns into something for us the rest of this year. So that's really kind of what you're hoping for. But Elijah Moore is, like you said, great talent. It's just kind of been a overall just a difficult kind of situation there and uh, you know disappointing to say the least uh from a fantasy perspective anyways yeah and, and that's also why i like him is because he doesn't need much you know he got he did his fantasy day on two catches this past mm-hmm. so he's just great with the ball in his hands and he can work downfield as well mike white is a better quarterback than zach wilson um which i'm upset that it took 12 weeks for the Jets to realize that but that's fine. That's not why I, I don't get paid the big bucks for that. So uh, let's go on to the tight end position. That would be a disgusting position, to be honest. Uh, so last week, Logan Thompson, Juwan Johnson, they combined for one catch for seven yards on five targets. Very disappointing day for, for us both calling that. But I'm going to I'm gonna go a little bit crazy here, maybe. Maybe maybe it's maybe I just want to go crazy. Maybe it's that time of year. Maybe it's because I'm wearing a ugly Christmas sweater. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna happily fire Juwan Johnson up again this week. When I finalize my tight end rankings for the IDP guys later tonight, I think Juwan Johnson will probably be in my top ten. So this past week he he was the tight end one, I believe, since week six. Uh, or t- sorry, tight end two, obviously Kelsey. But uh Tight end two uh, since week six leading into this past week. Then he done it, done it. Hard, hard dud. He's going to get sent to some wires in some of your leagues for how badly he hurt you. That was San Fran. San Fran is a very tough matchup every single year. This year's no exception to the tight end position. He gets Tampa this time, which is a top 10 number. San Fran, again, was a bottom 10. 
So, Juwan Johnson has been touched on Reliant, which is why these floors exist. Is because when we have been relying on him getting in the end zone, it, you know, the, the the basement is a zero. That that can't happen. But I think he'll find he'll find the end zone this next week. Saints were shut out last week. That won't happen back to back. The Tampa Bay is struggling. They just lost a really really bad loss to this Cleveland Browns team. Um, so yeah, that I, I I'm I'm very I'm in. I'm in on Jawan Johnson for a bounce back this coming week. I'm willing to get hurt by him yet again. I forgot to put his name down as a banner for the YouTube purposes. Um, but yeah, I, I'm willing to be hurt again. Uh, and I'll, I'll quickly throw it as well. If you guys have any questions, we're going to do all of our final questions after we finish this tight end segment. Uh, so drop them in the chat. We see, I see a question in there from Blurpy. I see a few from Will. Uh, so keep on throwing them in there. Uh, we're going we're gonna to get to that in a second. Yeah, I mean, I'm the same way. It, it just kind of sucks that after we called it last week that the Saints just decided to get shut out, uh, you know, days after we called Juwan Johnson. But I think it just maybe maybe we, we look at this as like a silver lining and say that, you know, because of this last week, for those that maybe didn't get a chance to get Juwan Johnson, might have the opportunity now to pick him up. And maybe he's available in even more leagues. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm like you, I'm willing to write it out, uh, write it out one more week. I don't think that the saints are going to be shut out very often. And, uh, it seems that Juwan Johnson's been very involved in a lot of their scoring, uh, so far this season. So, uh, again, you, you don't see, uh, not too often teams get shut out twice in a row. Uh, so if anybody's scoring on this offense, it, it seems like it's really just been, uh, a lot of some Chris Olave or Chris Olave. Camara really hasn't even seen the end zone a whole lot this season. So I think that's where Juwan Johnson's been kind of taking up that, taking all those touchdowns and nobody else seems to want to grab. So uh, definitely riding, riding out again. We'll, we'll see how it goes the rest of this season, but I don't, I don't think we're going to get another game like last week. Yeah, I, I do agree with that. Um, the last, I'll throw another name here real quick. It's not someone I'm excited about. It's not someone I'm going to rank super highly, but in case you've had a ton of injuries or it's premium and people are rostering multiple tight ends, I don't mind Fossil Moreau this week. Finally found the end zone uh, this past week instead of dropping the touchdown. Uh, had seven targets in that. Uh, granted, it was overtime, but uh, he faces the charges in the next week. is a top-half matchup for the tight end position. The, you know, Carr seems to only be looking at, you know, a deep throw to Hollins everything to Adams and then he'll look to Moreau in the red zone and that's a valuable that's still valuable he'll probably be inside my top 15 tight ends this week again I'll, I'll see when I finalize it later and if you have a subscription IDP guys be sure to, you know check it out later uh but yeah I think that kind of wraps up the uh, the tight ends and the last thing I'll throw on Logan Thomas I'm not ready to be I, I I'm forgiving Juwan I'm not forgiving Logan I think he's dealing with injury right now I think John Bates is playing better than him right now and he's getting more work than him so I'm not dealing with the committee despite a good matchup against the Giants I was tempted when I first saw it but I'm not anymore uh but let's get into the questions we have plenty in the chat which is awesome to see and again if you have any be sure to just drop them down uh let's start it off let's see where where's the last one I saw um just gonna throw out a Point from Will about saying he hates Melvin for fumbling. I agree with you, and it hurts me. And I agree with Snell and Donovan over. Um, question from Blurpy on who do we rather have rest of season between these three studs? That would be Mike Evans, Chris Olave, and Debo Samuel. That's a, that's a good one. It is a good one. I will say we get a Marshawn Lattimore Mike Evans matchup this coming week, which is just such a treat. Um, I mean, Mike Evans is a very even matchup the rest of the way. I'm, I'm taking Olave. I'm just going to throw that out there. I don't need to look at his matchups. Olave has established himself as a stud, and I look at his matchups, and they're all pretty good as well. So Olave is definitely one for me. Debo, with, with McCaffrey dealing with some injury, Debo is especially interesting. He's definitely been the one that's disappointed the most of this three, I think. Um... I, I, I think that's my answer. I, I think I'd... Oh, if I'm picking one, then I just realized I'm picking one. I'm picking one, it's Olave. Yeah, that, uh, that Number two would probably Evans. Too. Number three would be Debo. If it's PPR, I might lean Debo over Evans, but um, that that's it's Olave for me. 
Yeah, I, I think I'm in agreement. I, I, you pretty well hit it exactly right. It's Olave Evans, Debo, but you're looking at PB, PPR. I think Debo might have a little bit more appeal. It seems like Chris Godwin's really taken over that lead role uh, for the wideout room in Tampa. Uh, Evans still getting good numbers, but just hasn't really been near as productive as of late since Godwin's return. So I wouldn't be afraid to throw him even down below. D him and Debo are, are fairly close, I guess, uh, if you're not looking at PPR. Yeah, it's just Mike Evans gets his job done on five catches. Debo, you know, we, if McCaffrey's going to miss time, which doesn't look like it, but knee injury for a contending playoff team, scary, scary. I don't know, which is why we brought up Jordan Mason as a pickup earlier. Um, and, and and Will also mentioned, is Lattimore still hurt? I thought he was on his way back, but I could be wrong. I'm going to fact check that so I don't hype up the annual matchup between Mike Evans and uh, Marshall and Lattimore. I believe Lattimore might actually still be sidelined, so that's a good call by you, which is disappointing. Um, but either way, it's 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 still, I mean, it's Mike Evans versus Saints. We always like seeing that. But uh, let's see. Okay, so uh, we have a tough question. I don't know. Will I'm well. seeing, oh. uh, I'm reading here, Lattimore a couple days ago was practicing last week. He didn't play, but he was practicing. So you might get what yes. you asked for. Okay, so there there we go. And he also has a lacerated kidney. There are too many lacerated kidneys in the NFL. Um, but yeah, Marshawn Lattimore could be back this week, which means first game back from injury could be going against Mike Evans, which is just fun. Oh, oh my goodness. Uh, so we'll also have another here. question. Uh, yeah, uh, this is, I, I'm assuming it's somewhat related to what he asked before, but Neil Hunter, Deron Payne, uh, DeForest Buckner, Montez Sweat, Gregory Rousseau, Yannick Ngakwe, Dexter Lawrence, J- Jalen Phillips. We got to pick two of that list. Um, I assume we're going like Dynasty? I, I, I assume Lent. so because it's the only, I, 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 I guess we'll just quickly answer, answer both, but, uh, for, for, for redraft, I'd probably go... Buckner and Hunter. Um, I, I wouldn't mind if if we went Nigakwe and Hunter um, or Monta Sweat even in Hunter Hunter. But uh, uh, for re- for Dynasty, I would go. I'd still go Hunter and Dexter Lawrence has been great this year, and I really want to pick him, but probably not. Probably would still take uh, Buckner over him. or Mon- Mon- I'll take Monta. Oh man, Monta Sweat or Buckner. I'd go Buckner. I'd go Daniel Hunter and Buckner for me. You pretty well hit it for me. I think as a long-term stash, I like Gregory Rose, uh, Rousseau. Uh, so he would be one maybe for a dynasty that I'd like to have. But as far as like immediate, pro, you know, if we're talking redraft, I, you hit it right. You're going for uh, Daniel Hunter and and either Buckner or uh, Ngakwe. Well, also, there's another question in here uh, about Bobby Wagner or Keaton Ellis this week. Um, Ellis has Tampa Bay on Slade, and honestly, we could also I, – I don't want to say he's back, but Pete Werner, based on them not putting him on the IR, this would be around the time where he should get back to practice. So we'll obviously be able to see that. Wagner has a revenge game against Seattle, which is a very fun narrative as well as a decent matchup for the linebacker position. That's you know, obviously better than Tampa Bay. Um, I'd go Bobby Wagner. I, I, I like Ellis, I, and he's been excellent. I don't think you're going wrong either way, but it's a top five matchup, Seattle against the linebacker, um, and I want Bobby Wagner in that, and call me a romantic, but I also just love the idea of playing him against Seattle and just the what that could be. And how, how bad the Rams are right now, it's kind of giving a decent tackle floor for how many teams are going to run the ball against the Rams, given how bad they've been. Especially if Aaron Donald misses as well. That could also be a gaping hole in the middle, which it sounds like you probably will. Yeah, uh, you you pretty well hit it right. I, I think I would go Wagner as well. I like what Ellis has been doing. Uh, but again, I think Pete Warner was starting to get into practices this last week. <clears throat> so uh, just kind of keep an eye on that if you do uh, want to go with Ellis. But I, I like the narrative of the revenge game against Seattle with Aaron Donald out. I think Wagner's going to be looking to to stir some stuff up for the Seattle offense, for sure. Yes, sir. Blurpy also says he sent a trade of Olave and Pacheco for Debo, but it's getting vetoed. Uh, the guy with Debo is 1-11. Uh, 
Um, I would say I wouldn't send that because I'd rather have Olave straight up than Debo personally right now. Um, and the second thing I'll say is that you shouldn't be playing a league with vetoes. Uh, these vetoes are dumb, and that's 100% not a one-sided trade. Uh, I, I mean, I, 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 I don't think it's a one-sided trade. I think it's a pretty close to a fair trade, and definitely nothing that would be collusion, which is the only reason I would veto. Right, exactly. Uh, I don't, I don't. I'm really against uh, the whole league veto thing you know it, yeah. it it is frustrating watching inexperienced or uh, inexperienced owners or our players giving up a lot of, of value but at the same time sometimes people can afford to do that and still better their team you know if they got a guy that they want or somebody that uh just somebody they like in general sometimes it's not necessarily always a bad thing to overpay especially if somebody if you got a hunch about somebody so uh, yeah, I, I'm just not a big fan of, of the veto because chances are most of the time you don't have anybody that's colluding or working together to no. try to be really or it evens and, and the trade evens up the next week like nine times mm -hmm. out of ten something crazy happens like it, it's way too frequent. He does mention he also has Camara, which is why he has Olave and was thinking about moving mm -hmm. him for Mike Evans or Debo. I understand that and I don't mind the logic and if I did I would probably go Mike Evans over Debo personally. Um but you could have you could you could have played Olave this entire year with Camara, and you would have got better production from Olave as well as just production from both. So I, I don't like I, I'm warming up as I play more fans football each year uh, to the idea of playing players on the same team. I know it's not sexy, especially for a team that doesn't score a ton like the Saints don't. Um, but I mean, Olave is getting it done because he has such a high target share. And when you command as much as you do, Kamara's going to get almost every running back touch. Olave's going to get almost every wide receiver touch. So as long as you have two guys that dominate the market, it's fine playing both. It gets a little bit trickier when you're playing guys like Ayuk and McCaffrey or something. Because it's a the, the usage is very spiky right there with uh, someone like, or not even that, but like Michael Carter and Garrett Wilson. You know, you wouldn't have been happy with that all year. It would have been very up and down. Yeah, uh, you would almost, I would almost rather just offer Camara for Debo than Olaf, uh, depending on your uh, fellow traded partners' rosters and their needs. Uh, they may be looking to uh, <clears throat> to get a wide receiver out of that, but I think the value is going to be there, and you get out of Camara before he hits suspension next year. Uh, and Debo is producing just as good or similar numbers than Camara kind of has been. Throughout this season, Kamara's had a couple of splash games, but uh, nothing that's really set the world on fire compared to what he's what he has been. So I just shopped off Kamara myself in a league where I could pivot to a similar play in James Conner, and uh, that way I don't have to worry about uh, Kamara moving forward. He also picked up an injury this past week as well. I don't think it's serious. I think it'll be somewhat of a pain management thing. Um, but, you know, that that's also something worth watching with Kamara. And he does have a decent playoff stretch. Uh, his last three matchups are pretty good. And we know what Kamara can do in the playoffs. Um, and the argument against it is that the team he's trading with is 111, which is a very dumb argument. I don't quite understand it. Uh, but to use their own, I wouldn't play in a league like that. Or I would do my best to try to change those rules over the uh, over the offseason. Um uh, yeah, and we'll, I'll throw out this amazing thing from Grant here saying, Go USA. We have an amazing. I want everybody watching the stream and I want everybody uh, live right now. I want you, Axton, to be watching the USA game at 2 o'clock as we play Iran in the game that decides whether we move on to the World Cup. Christian Pulisic is going to slot a goal assisted by Tyler Adams. So that is my prediction, and I am very happy. Um, but I hope they do, and I really hope they win. Um, where can you find. Where is other? it being. Uh... Where's it being played? Uh, what do you mean? Like, where is it? Uh, uh, TV. Like, where can you find it? Oh, um, honestly, I imagine almost every channel. Uh, but I don't actually know. Uh, but I, I, I imagine if we Google where to watch the World Cup USA one, I believe Fox has the World Cup right now. So okay, probably probably alongside Fox would be uh, where we're watching that. Which FS1 says uh, says Grant there. Yeah, Fox or FS1. Thank you, Blurpy. Thank you, okay. guys. Uh, see, everyone everyone knows it better than I do. But um. Yeah, that that very excited for that, and uh, honestly, that'll wrap up our show as well. So, 
Thank you, everyone, for tuning in for this week 13 issue of the Waiver Wire show. I'm not really sure why I called it an issue. Happened in weeks past, but here we go. Uh, hope everyone gets lucky on who they're picking up this week. If you're doing waiver priority or your fab drops, as well as how you're doing in your week 13 matchups. Hope everyone comes out of it with a win. Um, as always, I'm Michael Scully. You can follow me at Michael underscore underscore Scully on Twitter. You can follow Axon at Harding underscore three. Of course, IDP guys, follow them at IDP guys. Check out the site at IDPguys.org. Um, and there's an amazing giveaway as well as a few great sales right now. So if you're not subscribed, this is a great opportunity, great time to do so to get your playoff push. And also, we continue this into the offseason. So you get a subscription. You're still getting plenty. You're into our Discord channels. There's a few amazing things that happen. Um, it's just awesome. And be sure if you're watching this on YouTube as well, hit that subscribe. Hit some notifications even. You know, there's some amazing videos coming out every single day on this. So uh, and Dynasty Redraft. Yeah, what, what was that? What? Tell your friends. Tell your tell friends. Your exactly. Friends. Tell your friends. We're doing friends a giveaway too. Yeah. We're doing a giveaway for for uh, a Nicobe Dean signed jersey. So you just follow a few steps for that. The link to do so is in this video on YouTube, as well as if you just go to idpguys.org slash I believe Nicobe dash Dean slash giveaway or Nicobe dash Dean slash giveaway. Uh, but Either way, if you Google Nicobe Dean giveaway IDP guys, it will be there. And if you just check again, the link in the YouTube description, it will be the way to get into that running. So thank you, everybody, for myself and Axton. Have a good luck. Have a good week 13. Stay healthy. Stay safe.